0: This has been such a good series we've been teaching. Good to see you. Um, I'm so excited about how we've been able to cover this, talk about this, dive deep. Last week was so wonderful. Um, we talked about joyful repentance the last two weeks. Um, we talked about the four R's, because we really wanted to cover what is the four R's. And I really feel bad because I feel like I did a disservice because I said, let's do the four R's. And you're like, what is it? Because you don't know what the four R's are. And like, you, like how do you walk that out? You can save four hours all day long, but how do you walk that out? Let me grab something before I get too far into my talking. Um, let's see. So we talked about four hours. Uh, is my let's see. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Yay! Technology guys. wonderful. So we're gonna do it together. Um, we talked about repent, re- receive, rebuke, replace. We talked about these. These are so important because from there. We can walk this next step out a lot easier, let me tell you. Um, So we talked about repent. We talked about uh, Acts three nineteen says, "Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out." We want to repent from what God, from what we've done as rebellion, act of rebellion against God. And I love that because Laura shared that um, it's a siddic thing that when you repent, right, until you understand that you're turning away from your rebelling unto the mercy and grace of the Lord. So. Not only do we repent and say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, God, for whatever. We need to be specific about these prayers. Say, I repent from lust. I repent from anger. I repent from pride. I repent from that. And then from there, you receive what? His mercy, His forgiveness. If we confess our sins, it says in John, 1 John 1, 1.9, it says He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, We've started we got a clean house, right? And we wanna we don't wanna just leave this clean house like, oh, it's we feel good, we feel clean, right? No, now we need to rebuke and get the things out. We need to rebuke the enemy because the enemy now is trying to take a foothold in this area of repentance. He's trying to say something over you. He's saying, Oh, are you sure you're worthy of forgiveness? Are you sure you must Oh, I don't know. You blew it pretty hardcore right there. You're pretty much, a, you know, you're pretty so-and-so, whatever. Or your sin wasn't that bad. Why are you even bothering to replace that? No, rebuke him. Get him out. Rebuke him in the name of Jesus. Get out. Because then it says in Matthew 4.10, Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. The importance of what Jesus did there was rebuked him and replaced it with something. He spoke passages of Scripture. Do you think passages of Scripture are important? Reading the word is important. It's so important. We were just talking to you. It's so important that we have it in us. Who cares about what I'm teaching about? If you don't have the word in you, it's not going to go anywhere. So make sure the word is in you. We talk about just Jesus in the gospel message. That is enough. Get your revelation. Get your revelation from the word. So we replace that. Replace the lie he's speaking over you, that you're not enough. And you take one of these things. You can go through the word by yourself. I think I trust you. But I've got some, also some fun resources. So if you don't have them, I think I've got some copies back there. Hopefully I've got some copies back there. If not, I'll get you some. These wonderful things here, these declarations, you can say, I'm seated in the heavenly realm with Christ and all his authority over Satan's kingdom. We can declare that because it says in Ephesians 1, 19 through 23, 2 through 5, 5 through, and 6. It declares that. So you can do these things and apply these. So we're going to practice so, what does it look like? Okay, we're going to 4R it. When I say that, you'll know that from now on. 4R it, what? So, we're going to try it. So, I'm just going to give you an example. Lord, I just repent from my pride, from my arrogance. Lord, I receive your forgiveness. I receive your mercy. I receive your love for me. And I rebuke the attack from the enemy that because I come in the next part of confidence, that it's It's false confidence. No, I have confidence in Christ because I am righteous with God's righteousness. I'm reconciled to God, and I am a minister of reconciliation to God through others. I am a new creation in Christ. All things are passing away. I am no longer that old man, that prideful old man, but I am walking in the confidence that you've called me to walk in, not pride and arrogance. Thank you, Jesus. See, I walk through it all. It doesn't have to sound like a it's true, right? We want to walk in that confidence. We want to walk in these four R's. It's simple. You don't have to do it like a, well, if I don't do it this way, I won't get forgiveness. That's not true. We just want to walk with these characteristics. So we learn by doing, right? Like we have to practice it. So let's be awkward and do it. <laughs> you guys don't have to break up in groups right now. I said right now, later, but let's go ahead and stand up. Just real quick, let's shake the dust off. Not as much of that dust that's settled since we've been worshiping. So. But I want you, you can quietly do it to yourself, but we're going to walk through the four hours. We're going to say, we're going to repent. Just ask the Lord, highlight a little thing, even just little sins. Ask him to highlight anything, even just a practice. Like, this is something I struggle with. Walk this out. So we're just going to repent. You can quietly say to yourself, because like, no, if everyone's doing it at the same time, no one's listening. So Don't listen. And, who, and if you listen, just pretend you didn't, So okay? Because we want to honor one another. We want to love one another. And again, if we struggle with that, guess what? You probably, someone else probably struggles with that too. So let's walk through that. So I'm going to go ahead and practice again. So we're just going to go ahead and do that. So Lord, I repent. I repent for my sin. I repent for my actions, my, my anger, my, my selfishness. Lord, I just ask that you just walk me through this. Just receive your forgiveness. I receive that you... Forgive me for my selfishness, my pride, and arrogance. Lord Jesus, I thank you. I rebuke the tact and the enemy that he just says, This is who I am. This I'll never change. Lord, that I can't ever be humble enough. Lord, that, that you can't do anything with me. Lord, that you thank you, God, that you do a new work in me. We can declare things like, I am part of the true vine, a channel of Christ's life and energy. I am secure in Christ's love for me. I am an overwhelming conqueror in Christ against all that would come against me. I am united to, him, to the Lord, and I am one spirit with him. I am a member of Christ's body. I belong. Thank you, Jesus. It's By your blood. Amen. Isn't that fun? It's just simple. Just remember when you're like, I, and that's something I have to sometimes remind myself, and we kind of joke with people. You can sit down, by the way at you (laughs) no but it's 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 important that we walk this out practice repentance because some of the things that we're really bad at doing is practicing repentance and i i I wanted to one of the other thing i wanted to distinguish from last time so confess we confess to one another that's something that's important right confess your sins to one another but also you don't repent unless you did something against somebody you repent again obviously you repent to that person but it's important to confess to one another when we got in groups, a few, let me tell you, maybe some of you guys did it. Maybe guys, some of you guys were like, I don't think so. This is awkward. That was me. I felt really awkward the last time, the one time, a long time ago when I first started this thing, like actually doing confessing. That was something that scared the heck out of me. I just was so scared about confessing because I thought, these people are going to think I'm an idiot. These are going to think the worst sinner ever because I even mentioned I actually struggle with sin. Now, the reality is they did not think that. It was the enemy that was speaking that over me. So it's important that we confess, not only confess one another, but we also walk through these four R's. And then also for you as the recipient of person who's confessing and walking through things and struggles, it's important that you have these passages in you too because you need to speak that over them. Because sometimes some of us forget to speak that over ourselves. You gotta do that, by the way. You have to do it. It's so important. It will shift your perspective. It'll shift who you are. So speak that over people. When people are saying, "I don't know," and they get all mopey and like, just know, like, no, I'm shutting it down. Shutting down the lie that the enemy started in you. This root of evil, like sin. You're letting the enemy speak something over you. I'm going to break that off and say, "No." In Jesus' name, you are more than a more than a conqueror. You are more than that. So doing, you having these to equip yourself to bless one another. I love that Judy's been doing that in her group. It's been just praying over one another, speaking passages of scripture over one another. That's important. It's so beautiful that what you're doing. So I love it. I just, I think it's such a powerful thing that we can do. And each one of us are called to do that. So we've done it. We've done that. We practice it. We might practice it more later as we go along. But I think it's really good to just keep practicing forget- repentance. All right. Now, on to the new thing. The next thing. Now, because here's the thing we need to do this because. One of the reasons why we don't think that we're called to be world changers or, well, uh, actually, I would love to hear, I'm back up. I'm, you're, you're cheating, you got the first answer. No, it's not an answer. It's just a thought. Um, what are some of your thoughts when I say courage, courageous initiatory leadership? What are some of your thoughts about that? Like, what, is, what comes to mind? Boldness. Boldness, I like that. What's that, pushing past yourself? That's awesome. Doing unafraid, even afraid, doing it even when you're afraid. Ah, that's good. That's courage. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but how, Like, what are some practical, practical thoughts? Some abstract thoughts, whatever. Like, I'm uh, personal thoughts, application. How do you apply this to yourself? Like, you can shout this out because I'm sure no one, someone else is thinking it. Hmm. yeah a lot of trust in god trust in who you're going for yeah that's good i know i'm not I, I i'm not afraid of silence so oh sometimes <laughs> being weird no i think being weird yeah no being weird it, it's it what was it? attracts i think Fred friend when i were talking it's like it's attractive something's weird when you see something weird it's kind of attractive it's weird it's different it, it brings people and draws people in. Yeah. Give you the words. Yeah. So you That's good. good. Open your mouth and God will give you the words. Taking that step—that's a big step of faith right there. Because again, like you don't—you don't know what's gonna come out sometimes. <laughs> but that doesn't matter. What it, it may sound foolish, and I think some people have said that it sounds really foolish sometimes when you're saying like. I hope this is resonating in your heart and God's doing the work. So it's so important, again, as believers, we step out in these things. We're all called to these things. This is foundational. I'm not getting away from this. This is all of us 101, ground level. We are, as believers are called. We're called to do this. We're called to be courageous initiatory leaders. We're always willing to go first, to pioneer, to serve. We are agents of change, not sitting back and waiting for someone else to do it. We're committed to full participation and choose to withhold nothing. We do not come as consumers, but as generous world changers. I think that's important to distinguish that because, again, like how often do we see consumerism in our world? So often. If you want to look at again, like again, we could watch our latest videos and our latest encouragement. We're consuming. We're consuming a lot. And there's nothing wrong with getting, even like in the Western church, there's nothing wrong with getting encouragement from a lot of different awesome leaders and pastors and wonderful people, but I think it's really important that we understand that again, courageous initiatory leadership means we lead out in reading the word. We lead out and not just be consuming, but actually taking what we've consumed, what we've received and pouring that out. Otherwise, we become a little gluttonous, right? You know, When we eat a lot of food and we don't do some exercise, we get a little gluttonous. That's, we, it's the same thing with our body. That's why he relates it to our body. We need to consume to go. And so we as believers are called. Uh, Matthew twenty eight sixteen through 20, it says, uh, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they t- saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So he's called us. We've all been called. That is not a, some of you guys, five of you guys, 12 of you, 150 of you guys, every one of you go and make disciples of all nations. Go and make disciples of all people in McDonald's. I'm sorry, Sam, I get to pick on you again, but like, really, we get to go and make disciples. When we meet in that Panera Bread, go and make disciples in Panera Bread. Go and make disciples in your workplace Go and make disciples. In John fourteen twelve through 14, it says, Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing. And they will do even greater than these, because I'm going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. That's pretty intense. That's a pretty big, bold declaration from him. But he's a man of his word. We need to ask him in his name. We need to go and do what he's been doing. And not only that, but going and doing greater things. Because again, I'm calling this out on myself. I'm calling this out on all of us. We sometimes watch other people and say, I wish. That phrase breaks the ability for God to do anything. Wishing does nothing. Say, God, use me. Use me. Asking that phrase, use me, is dangerous and awesome and scary. You can be used to do many things. You just have no idea what God's going to do. And some of it may not be glamorous or glorious or wonderful, and no one will see it. But that doesn't mean He doesn't see it. He sees what you do in secret. Again, like we're talking about the Pharisees, we don't want to look like the Pharisees. Praying in the streets, praying and doing all these glamorous things, we don't want to be seen as that. It's not because we can't go out in the streets, it means. We don't do it for the glory of man. We do it for the glory of God. And that means we will do anything, whatever God has called us to do. Now, we have all been given gifts. And I love that. We had talked about, me and uh, Judy were talking just a little bit ago, just talking about how we've been given gifts. We have gifts. We're about to, we're about to move in that 1 Corinthians 12. Now, this is a big passage, but I think it's important to realize we are walking and operating in these giftings. We want to walk in these gifts. We've all been called to have them, so we all have them. I'm sorry, this is actually a kind of smaller text than I thought, so we'll, we'll read through it. And so I'll just read it over you. Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you are pagan, somehow or other, you are influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one of the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. I want to read through this and remember that some of you might not look like the other, and that's okay. You guys all have gifts. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to a, still another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were given all the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. I love this because, again, this is important to remember. We, a lot of, we, look, we look at each other and we wish we were, you know, ahead. Sometimes we wish we were the foot. We, sometimes we wish we were the hand. But here's the reality. We are what we are, and God has called us to be that, and that's okay. Also, other people are called to be other things, and that is also okay. We all look a little weird, we're all a little different. But the question of the day is we are one body. It'd be weird if there's an arm out here, and there's a head over here, and there's a foot out here. It'd look a little weird. Like, what happened to this body got blown up, okay? (laughs) Like, we are one body. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It's like, no, that's not true. It would not be, not for that reason, stop being part of the body. It's important. And if the ear should say, well, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. I love that word, wanted, not needed. Wanted. There's a very, very important word. Being wanted in that part of the body and functioning and being embraced, you are willing to be a part of that body. You don't I don't like asking. I don't need anybody. I don't like needing people. I love wanting people. I think that's important for me. I love to be wanted. It's important to be wanted, right? If you say, I need you here, like how desperate does that sound? But if I wanted you here, how invitational does that sound? If I was wanted, like again, like you needed to be there for the party. It's like, no, I didn't need to be there for the party. I want you to be there at the party. I missed you at the party. I, or whatever, like if you've ever been somewhere, like I wanted you to be there, but man, I missed you. That's a really good feeling that, man, you should have been there. You needed to be there. Different feeling, whole different feeling. And sometimes we talk to each other that way, like we should have been there. And I really want the idea that God wants us to be in the body, and he wants us to be in our place. He wants us to discover where we are in the body. We want to be discovering what he wants for us. But, yeah, so uh, if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Indispensable. You are valuable. Don't overlook it. Again, we may overlook the bowels, but when they don't work really well, or the, you know, I know Dan... No, no, not Micah. Micah and, um, uh, Mike, you guys can recognize a date. Kidney. You never realized how important the kidney was until it started not working. You're like, oh, I need that thing. <laughs> it's important. It's indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need, to be, need no special treatment but God has put the body together giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no division in the body but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. We don't want to be crabs in a barrel, right? Again, I'm like, I talk about this I know some of us, we've seen those churches, we've seen those people that are crabs in a barrel You can't be celebrated because it somehow takes away from what you're doing. That's not the way the church should be. Celebrate. Celebrate one another. We celebrate life. We celebrate what you're doing. We're excited for what God's doing in you. It doesn't diminish or take anything away from me or take away from you. It's good. Let's see. Lost my place for a second. (laughs) Okay, here. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it, and God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, and the miracles and the gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Now, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. I love that. Okay, I want... I want to encourage you. These are great things. But he's talking about the most excellent way. Because if you're missing, if you got all these things, in 1 Corinthians 13, we love that as the, the marriage thing, but it's actually talking about us as a body of Christ, how we're supposed to operate in the spirit of love. It, love that is godly, love that is forgiving and kind and merciful we don't operate in just, oh, we've got my gift of prophecy, and I, I can now use my prophecy to go hurt people. It's like, no, that's, that makes no sense. That's not even in the character of God. No, we use the pro- word of knowledge for love, to encourage, to edify, to help people, walk people through it. We give the gift of healing, not for your own glory, but through humility and the love of Christ. It says in 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, do not, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a cha- clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I might boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. I think one interpretation says to be burned. Give my body over to be burned, like destroyed. Like, if I give it over, and I still have love, I've missed it. I've gained nothing. And here's one thing I really love. And again, I think it's just important. We want to walk in this idea of not needing titles. Um, Again, I'm not saying you don't ever get titles. I'm just saying some of us wait for the title. You wait for your title to to give permission to do what God's called you to do. Man, don't wait. What if you were never giving a title, given a title by man? What if like you, you hit the end of your life and not once did somebody say, well, here's your cool title. Would God be pleased with what you've done in your life? Because if you're missing it, like if you are spending so much effort waiting and pausing your life, again, I think it's like college students. We see so many college students say, I will eventually get to ministry. I will eventually do something. Then they waste four to six to sometimes eight years of their life doing nothing with it. And then they get their their degree and now what? Now you're busy than ever trying to pursue your money and you're, you know, reimburse yourself for all the you know, loans you've taken out and all that hard work. So now you still are doing nothing with it. You're wasting your life for nothing and you're all waiting for a title to be a doctor, to do no, like What better thing to do than to the ministry of the Lord to find out your giftings? So be faithful. Again, I love it. We've mentioned David already earlier. Lisa mentioned him. Here's the thing. David did not wait to become king before he discovered the most important title, which was to be a man after God's own heart. That wasn't the title he was seeking, right? He was that. He sought the Lord's heart in the secret place. And from that place said so that love of the Lord, the adoration of Jesus, and singing, declaring, he went from that to also now he was given the title of king, but not yet. But that was only by God. Now he got the word of the knowledge that God was going to send in that direction. But then again, what happened next? He was in trial. He was in hiding. He was being sought after in death threats. And, you know, it's, he's not getting it. He's being pressed again. Hard pressed. still not there. Did he get pouty because he's like, I don't have the title. It's like, no, I'm going to keep pursuing God and call what God's called me to do until that changes. Until Saul is gone, I'm waiting. I know that God's called me. I'm not pushing pause in my life, to what God's called me to be. Daniel, operated in the small things. I mean, again, David was out with the sheep. Daniel, long before he was ever given this huge authority, Next to the king, wow, he was like way up there. Way before he was a prophet to anybody else, he was faithful to have a good diet because God called him to have a good diet, like just a specific way of eating to not to abstain from the food and the ways that, that you know, the land of Babylon was eating. He's like, I'm going gonna, gonna to stay from that. God has called me to do this, so I'm going to be faithful in the small things. Because he was faithful in the small things, he got to go a whole lot of different directions and a lot higher. But again, it's not the title. We don't want the title of prophet. We don't want the title of the things. It's not bad to have those things, but man, ask the Lord, what have you called me to do today to be initiatory, to be courageous, to be stepping out in boldness in the little things where I'm not seen, and that's okay. It's not mean you can't be seen. Just That's not our goal. In Luke 16.10, it says, Whoever can be trusted with very little can be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will be dishonest with much. We want to be honest. We want to take what God's given us and be faithful in that. In Romans 12, 1 through 13, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, is good, per- pleasing, and perfect will. Oops, sorry, I'm on the wrong one. There we go. Keep up with me. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God, faith God has distributed to each one of you. For just as each one of us has one body with many members, and those mem- these members do not have all the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each one of us, each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. I like that one. Don't do it generously, do it cheerfully. (laughs) Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keeping, keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. These are the things that just, it doesn't seem like much, but it's recognizing, again, you have giftings. Do you know what they are? Holy Spirit is doing that within you. It's not your own power. Again, it's not like, say, you can't get some of these things. Ask. It's gifts from the Lord. Ask for these gifts. If you just eagerly desire them, ask for them. But the whole point is, what you've already been given is still a gift. The Holy Spirit is a gift, a down payment. We need to channel that more. We need to engage with Holy Spirit and say, what are you doing? What are you asking me to do? How can I be a part of your glory? And we're called to lead by example. <clears throat> we need people to start leading by example. I, I talk about mothers and fathers a lot because I think that's really important reality um, because we see people like, you know, if you're a doctor, you have your, you, you're a doctor and then you go home. You're still called a doctor or you're a plumber and then you do some work and you go home. You don't, I mean, they always joke about like, actually a, the worst house that you uh, for plumbing is probably the plumber's home. You know, like that's it's because they don't want to do the work when they're there, they're done. They're like, I want to be done being a plumber for a minute. Now, being a parent is a different thing. You're a parent for better or for worse. You're a parent when you go out to somebody. You, you're a parent when you're not around your kids because you, you act like a dad or you act like a mom. You can't help it. You're just, once you become a parent, you kind of are stuck for that for life. <laughs> but the good thing is you live your lifestyle at all times. You can't stop it. You can't stop being a parent. And, um, and I want to encourage us. Let's start leading by example. Let's not turn off our parenthood. We're here as parents. We want to be mothers and fathers in the faith. John 13, 12 through 17 says, "When when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned. This is Jesus. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I've done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. And now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. We need to be people of action. Again, you. Sometimes I don't know if you're a parent or not. I might get an in- inkling that you're a parent, but people that are parents, your, people are, your kids are watching you. And those who were discipling like a parent like, talking with them, they know they're watching you. Whether you know it or not, they're watching you, and they're emulating things. And that's what a blessing it is when you see someone you're discipling start looking more like your faith, and hopefully for the better. It's like, if you're praying, they'll pray like you. You spend a long time with people praying. I love, man, I would spend time with people in the prayer room. I would listen to people I loved. I fell in love with. It became like a spiritual parent to me. I'd hear them pray, and I'd pray like them. you just kind of do that because you're like, wow, I see what you're doing, and I see the fruit. And then you start adopting your own as you get older, but that's the point. You want to emulate what you're, you're wanting people to see, wanting to see in people. And now in 1 Corinthians 4, 14 through 16, it says, I am writing this not to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. Even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me, how important is that? Do we see that, that it's important to become a parent, a father in the faith, a mother in the faith? It's so important to Paul. It's important to us. And last, Philippians 4 8 through 9. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received from me, or heard from me, or seen in me, or put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. That's what we want. We want to behold what was lovely, what is beautiful, what is perfect, what is, we want these things, because again, like, I want to emulate. The reason why I can be such a crappy parent sometimes is because of what I've been emulating, and that's because of what I'm beholding. When I'm beholding the wrong things or I'm just distracted and not spending time in the word, not spending time with Jesus and falling in love, my kids can get a sense of that real quick. They can; It's a quick temperature. It's like, oh, I see what you're missing, Wait, who you've been missing time with? It's not us. <laughs> it's with God. It's like, hey, I mean, they sense it. We want to spend time because they'll get it. So now, oh, you guys love me, don't you? No, um, hopefully you guys love me after this. Um, we want to do things with practice, with application. I know it's tricky. I know it's not fun all the time. But praise God, you guys love each other. At least you're trying. Some of us, and you know, we all love each other, right? We do, I think. Right? Right? All right. Yes. Thank you. Bold. Yes. Courageous and initiatory. Yes. So we're going to be courageous and initiatory leaders in gathering groups again. We're going to talk about three three questions. What is God saying to you about your gifting to be a courageous initiatory leader? What is holding you back? I forgot to put the you, sorry. (laughs) What is one practical action step that you are going to take this week? Because again, I I love doing this teaching thing. Well, actually, I I don't. I I like talking with people one-on-one. I love accountability. I love connecting. I love seeing life in action. And I love seeing you guys in action. Like you guys did such a great job last week, stepping out in faith, yelling out declarations about who God is and who you are in Christ. That was awesome. So we get to do this again. Like we do a little. It's a little different, obviously, because we have the questions now. Thank you. I, I didn't want to have Jim have to type these up. Um, so we're gonna do that. We're gonna flesh that out for a few minutes. This is no shame if you guys feel like I don't know how to address these questions. Like I'm kind of in a place where I don't know what's holding me back. I don't know what it looks like to be, I don't even know what my gifting is. That's a starting place. Because sometimes we don't know our gifts. And this is again, like I I know some of us might not want to talk about our giftings, because again, like that might mean I might hold you accountable to it. I'm not gonna hold you accountable to it. My goal is to say you acknowledge what you're gifted at. God's going to hold you accountable to that gift. He's bestowed it to you. He's given it to you. I want you just to feel one with God on that and say, okay, God, I'm going for it. Whatever you call me to do. Again, what is holding you back if you're not operating it yet? It doesn't have to be big. Maybe it's gifts. I mean, again, this is not, I'm not belittling this actually. Hospitality and gifting of helps, like that is not little. That's huge. Those are the most overlooked, but yet, when you ask people to go serve, there's not very many people. When that you love those people that do it, you're like, oh, my gosh, thank goodness you're here. You know, you love those people. I want us to find and realize who you are called to be. And I love them again. Laura, you have the gift of organization. You have, like, this great gifting. Like, the Lord has called you to love data. Praise the Lord, because not very many people like data. Like, <laughs> but, you, like, but realizing God has given me talents and gifts, and some of it, you know, maybe it's not prophecy. Maybe you want to grow in that. I wish I could. That's a great phrase because Lord help me to. That's a better phrase because I want to, I could say I wish and I could say I want. God, I want. What do I want? Like if you ask for a Christmas gift, you got to ask for, right? Like your parents never gave you things if you didn't ask for, right? Well, sometimes they can give it to you anyway, but um, but again, at least you asked. And your father is a good father who gives good gifts to his children. He wants what's best for you. So let's gather in groups. Let's do this.